We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Yesterday was June 1st, 2021, and President Joe Biden took to Twitter to issue this proclamation. Pride stands for courage, pride stands for justice, and most of all, pride stands for love. Happy Pride Month, President Joe Biden. On today's show, we will discuss whether or not we should be celebrating pride or maybe confessing it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is, again, a very singular point, a very singular issue. Pride. Should we be celebrating it, or should we be confessing it? This is Pride Month. I guess it's an official holiday now. It shows up on your smartphone as a United States holiday. For the entire month, we celebrate pride. You'd have to be living under a rock to not see it. Turn on Facebook. You see all of your friends flying the pride flag for the month. All the various different corporations across the nation have changed their colors, their official colors, to be the rainbow rather than whatever other um, official corporate colors they have in their trademark otherwise. You see the flag flying from churches and on church billboards. Pride. Even at the United States Embassy at the Vatican, they're now flying the pride flag. Sidebar. I shouldn't go down this rabbit trail, but if you needed any more proof that Joe Biden is no more Catholic than my dog, there you have it. Supposedly the second Catholic president of the United States of America just issued an order that the embassy at the Vatican, the Vatican, the home of the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, a Catholic president, I put the word Catholic in quotation marks, just issued a proclamation, an order, that the embassy fly the rainbow flag, a flag that represents an attitude and a behavior that is antithetical to the values of the church for the past 2,000 years. Talk about arrogance. Talk about being condescending and smug. You enter into somebody else's home and you start waving a flag that represents the opposite of their values and their beliefs. Hmm. Well, like I said, different issue, different topic, different show. But an interesting question, isn't it? How Catholic is all of that? But let's get back to the topic of the day, pride. Joe Biden says it stands for courage. Joe Biden says it's synonymous with justice and synonymous with love. Joe Biden says to all of us, happy Pride Month as he lights up the world in rainbow colors. And Twitter and Facebook and all the other corporations across the land follow obediently and do the same. Perhaps even your own church has decided to fly that flag. I know that many of you have friends in social media that have chosen to do it. 
pride. But today I'm going to suggest something. We shouldn't be celebrating pride. We should be confessing it. In fact, the church, the Bible, Christianity, the Jewish tradition and teaching, nearly 4,000 years of scholarship, theology, and biblical teaching has said that pride is a bad thing and not a positive thing. That's today's show. I'm going to use scripture, and I'm going to use C.S. Lewis as the context for making that point. Before I do so, however, remember that if you would like to subscribe to the Rebellion, excuse me, if you would like to subscribe to the Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R, patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. And don't forget my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. You can get it at any online bookstore that you choose to get your reading material from. Let's take an early break, acknowledge our corporate sponsors, and when I get back, we'll talk about today's topic, pride. What is it, and how should we, as a nation, as a country, as a church, as a community, as individuals, be responding to this celebration of pride. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. Today's topic, again, is pride and Joe Biden's proclamation and our country's celebration of it. I can't blame Joe Biden for all of this. We were doing it before he took the office. Pride. And I'm also not pretending that it's only represented by the rainbow flag, but what I do know is that Western civilization has embraced this as a virtue rather than a vice, as sanctimony rather than sin, pride. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that maybe as we enter into this month-long celebration of pride, that all of our woke leaders, whether they be church leaders, whether they be political leaders, whether they be leaders on Facebook, whether they be leaders in your home, I'm going to suggest that this month-long celebration of pride is nothing more than smug virtue signaling, and that we would all do well to remember what C.S. Lewis told us, that pride is the most mortal of all sins. To quote C.S. Lewis, it is the complete anti-God state of mind. Close quote. So does pride stand for courage, Joe Biden? No. Does it stand for justice? No. Does it stand for love? Is is it synonymous with love? No. As C.S. Lewis told us, and I'll take C.S. Lewis's writing and wisdom over Joe Biden's any day of the week, pride is the complete anti-God state of mind. The Bible. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Another Bible verse. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble spirit. 
The Bible is replete, Old Testament and New, in its condemnation of pride. In fact, it could be argued that pride was the context for the original sin. Satan, in his pride, tempted Adam and Eve to be so proud that they didn't need God to tell them what was right or wrong, good or evil any longer, that they could define good and evil, right and wrong, all by themselves, thank you. And in pride, with Satan smiling by their side, they rose up and supplanted God, kicked him off the throne, and took that seat for themselves. That is the poster child of pride. Now, Lewis covers pride very explicitly, and he did so in his British broadcasts back in 1941 and 42. Excuse me. I'm taking some of my information in what I'm going to share with you for the next portion of the show from an article written by Chris Bollinger in Crosswalk.com in 2019, December of 2019. So what I'm going to share with you right now is taken from his outline that he provides of C.S. Lewis's writing and speaking on the issue of pride. The article that I'm going to refer to is titled Six Insights from C.S. Lewis on Why Pride is the Greatest Sin. Again, ChrisBollingerCrosswalk.com, 2019. Now, I want to remind you that Lewis, again, kind of came on the scene because he was an Oxford professor, an Oxford Don, and he had recently converted from atheism to Christianity. Great Britain was in the middle of a terrible war, obviously, World War II, and they had just suffered the systematic bombing of London for over 57 days and nights. London, your home. Just imagine that you're living in Tulsa or you're living in Indianapolis or New York City or San Francisco or Washington, D.C., and you've been bombed by an enemy, an enemy that's threatening to not only take over your nation but take over the world. You've been bombed for 57 days and nights straight. Well, that was the situation in Great Britain at the time. The German air attacks had included this bombing of London for 57 days. And obviously the British population was a bit rattled. They were a bit rattled, wouldn't you be? Well, the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, decided that they needed to try to comfort. That one of their key responsibilities was to provide courage and comfort to the British citizens. They wanted to reassure the people that they they could make it through this. So they contacted C.S. Lewis because he was well-known. He was becoming a well-known Christian apologist, a defender of the faith, somebody that just yesterday was an intellectual atheist, was now an Orthodox Christian. They contacted him. Apparently, the director of the religious broadcasting corporation, excuse me, the religious division of the British Broadcasting Corporation had read C.S. Lewis's work titled The Problem of Pain, and he liked it. And he thought that Lewis's depth of thinking and his conviction might go over well on the airwaves and his ability to communicate. So Lewis agreed to do this, and he started doing these 10 to 15-minute episodes on the radio show through the British Broadcasting Corporation, where he communicated weekly to the British citizens. Well, 
The first few of these broadcasts actually set the context for Mere Christianity, his classic work. And if you haven't read that, a sidebar, go do so. It's a classic defense of the rationality and the reason for Christianity. But anyway, after the first few talks, Lewis made a transition. He segued from an intellectual defense of Christianity to a discussion of Christian behavior. And obviously within that discussion, he included things such as personal morality, uh, sexual morality, uh, forgiveness and faith, and other Christian responsibilities. Within those talks, Lewis started talking about one thing that he called the greatest sin. That's his language, the greatest sin. And what was it? Well, you know what it is already. The sin that is worse than any other, the greatest sin, said Lewis, is pride. Here's something that he said specifically in his broadcast. There is one vice of which no man in this world is free, which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine that they are guilty of themselves. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular, and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. And the more we have it in ourselves, the more we dislike it in others. The essential vice, said Lewis, the utmost evil is pride. He goes further. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. I'm going to read that last paragraph one more time as we get ready to discuss six reasons why Lewis says pride should be askewed, pride should be confessed, we should flee pride, we shouldn't celebrate it. And when any culture starts having an entire month to wave the banner of pride proudly, then that culture is on the cusp of collapse. One more time on that last paragraph from Lewis. The essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all of that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. One more time. Pride leads to every other vice. If you didn't hear it the first two times, I'm going to say it a third. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. So why did he say this? Well, he actually gave six reasons to defend his premise on why he thought pride was the worst of all sins. And I'm going to share them with you in the rest of the show. Here's number one. A proud person has to be better than everyone else. That's his first reason. Why is pride the complete anti-God state of mind? Why does it lead to every other vice? Why are other sins like unchastity, sexual immorality, anger, greed, drunkenness, why are all of these mere flea bites in comparison to pride? Well, number one, a proud person has to be better 
than everyone else, including God. So if you're struggling with pride, Lewis says this. He gives a simple test. The more pride you have, the more you dislike others. Stop and think about it. The more pride you have, the more proud you are in yourself, the more you elevate yourself through your pride, the more you dislike others. And don't you see that in our streets right now? Don't you see that in the anger of the social justice warriors? They're so proud of their socially constructed justice that they're angry and they dislike, they hate anyone who disagrees with them. Their pride causes them to be, to hold others in contempt. LGBTQ, they can't tolerate those that they find intolerable. Those that are waving the banners of love, Trump's hate, demonstrate that they hate those that they consider to be hateful. You know, this litany that I've recited for you repeatedly on this show, I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hate those hateful hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure, and I absolutely am confident that there are no absolutes. All of this is a slogan, if you will, a bumper sticker for pride. So the more proud you are, the more you dislike others, the more disdain you have for those who disagree with you. How do you feel when you're snubbed? or patronized, or shown up by somebody else. When somebody actually says, well, I disagree with you. I think my idea is right, and I challenge yours as being wrong. You're being shown up intellectually or morally by somebody else, and you get angry and you get hateful because you're better than them. You think you are. You don't want anybody else to win. That's the language that Lewis uses. And then he goes on and says this. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good-looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer and cleverer and better-looking than others. If someone else became equally rich or clever or good-looking, there would be nothing to be proud about. It is the comparison that makes you proud the pleasure of being above the rest. Again, look at the SJW, the social justice warriors. Look at them. They're not getting pleasure out of having something. They're only getting pleasure out of having more of it, more virtue, more justice. Their smugness and their self-righteousness is dripping with pride. This We're going to be better. We're going to be more clever. We're going to be more good. We're going to be more just than everybody else that preceded us. We are as God. We are better and above all the rest. So the first reason that pride is the worst of all sins is it elevates you to being better than everybody else. And in fact, that's the goal. The attainment of virtue is not your goal. The attainment of having more of it than the guy standing next to you is. His second point, and we're not going to get to all six today. I'll cover the rest of them tomorrow. The second point is a proud person is never satisfied. Competing with others is not always a sign of pride. Competition 
isn't always prideful. But a proud person will always try to get more, even when he already has more than he needs. Sins such as greed and selfishness are the result of pride, says Lewis. And I quote him here. Let's take it with money, he says. Greed will certainly make a man want money for the sake of a better house and better holidays and better things to eat and drink, but only up to a point. Then he goes on. It is not the greed for more pleasure. It is the pride, the wish to become richer than some other rich man, and the wish for power. So, you're never satisfied. You always want more. Not because of your hedonistic wishes that you want to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you you will die. That is sinful, yes. That is wrong, yes. But... That's not really what's driving you. It's not the greed for pleasure that's driving you. It's the greed to have more than the other man. And by having more than the other man, being richer than the other rich man, to use Lewis's language, you acquire more power. You grab the ring, Tolkien's ring, one ring to rule them all, one ring to bind them. Which leads to his third point. And this may be the last one we can get to today. A proud person craves power, says Lewis. Power is what pride really enjoys. A proud person wants to feel superior to others, and power over others feeds our superiority complex. According to Lewis, we can see the quest for power in everything, in everything. Political leaders who demand more and more influence and control are craving power. And this pride-fueled quest for power leads to enmity between people, says Lewis. More from him. If I am a proud man, then as long as there is one man in the whole world more powerful or richer or cleverer than I, he is my rival and my enemy. Do you see that in the protests in the street? BLM, Black Lives Matter. If anyone has anything that I don't have, then they are my enemy. This call for redistribution, for taking from others who have earned it and giving it to those who have not. This is driven by pride. This pride fuel quest for power leads to anger and enmity between people. Again from Lewis, if I am a proud man, then as long as there is one man in the world more powerful or richer or cleverer than I, then he is my rival and he is my enemy. Lewis characterized pride as the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the beginning of the world. One more time on that. Lewis characterized pride as the chief cause of misery in every nation, in every family, in every community, in every country, in every nation, in every church, in every family, in every individual since the beginning of the world. 
While other vices, such as drunkenness, sometimes bring people together, said Lewis, pride never does. It drives people apart. So Lewis's argument here is there are some sins that actually bring people together. I think of my friend Rosaria Butterfield, who lived as a homosexual lesbian for decades and was an intellectual, an English professor at Syracuse, and how she finally came to Christ. But while she was sharing her testimony at my college one time, she talked about the one thing she missed from the community that she left, from the rainbow community, the community of pride, was they understood hospitality. They understood how to get together. They understood how to support one another. And she actually missed that, the hospitality, the community, the togetherness. So there are some sins, says Lewis, that actually have some redeeming value, I guess, is his point there. Drunkenness may bring people together. Still a sin. He's not endorsing it. He's not condoning it. He's not saying go out and do it. But the temptation to some sins may bring us together. But pride never does. Pride drives people apart because pride is a pride-fueled quest for power. And once you get that ring, that's all that matters. When you have the ring of power, you do not care about anything or anyone else other than self. Self. Pride not only makes people enemies with each other, but it also makes people enemies of God, says Lewis. That's his point number four, and I'm going to use this as the close. Point number four is pride makes you God's enemy. Pride not only makes you enemies with each other, it also makes you enemies with God. In God, you come up against something that in every respect is immeasurably superior to yourself, says Lewis. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. And as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down at things and at people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Pride. Pride not only makes you enemies with others, an enemy of others. Pride makes you an enemy with God. Why in the world is the church, is the conservative Christian community, the orthodox Christian community standing back and saying nothing about the elevation of the greatest of all sins as something to celebrate for an entire month within our country right now? You should not, I should not, no one, Joe Biden included, should be celebrating pride. We should be confessing it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.